Hello and welcome to the SIGCAST. My name is Manpreet Singh. Thank you for joining us. Today we are back with the Shabbat of the Week. Today's Shabbat is titled, Day and Night I Ask for Nam Waden. And with me I have Harinder Singh. Harinder Singh, Guru Fateh. Guru Fateh, Warjik Khalsa, Warjik Fateh. All right, so we're going to do it just like we did it last time, where Harinder is going to take it away, read the Klamaki version. I'll read the transcreation in English, and then we'll delve into the meaning of the Shabbat. So, Harinder Singh, please take it away. This Shabbat is by the fourth Guru, Sorat Mahala Chotha, and it's on uh, page 607 of Guru Granth Sahib, as we say Ang in the traditional sense. Sorat Mahala Chotha Harsiyo Preet Antar Man Bedhya Harbin Rehna Jai Jyo Machli Bin Neera Bin Sa ਮੇਰੇ ਜਿਉਂ ਚਾਤ੍ਰਿਕ ਜਲ ਬਿਨ ਬਿਲ ਲਾਵੈ ਬਿਨ ਜਲ ਪਿਆਸ ਨਾ ਜਾਈ ਗੁਰਮੁਖ ਜਲ ਪਾਵੈ ਸੁਖ ਸਹਜੇ ਹਰਿਆ ਭਾਏ ਸੁਭਾਈ ਮਨਮੁਖ ਭੁਖੈ ਦਹਿ ਦਿਸ ਡੋਲਹਿ ਬਿਨ ਨਾਵੈ ਦੁਖ ਪਾਈ ਜਨਮ ਮਰੈ ਫਿਰ ਜੋਨੀ ਆਵੈ ਦਰਗਹਿ ਮਿਲੈ ਸਜਾਈ ਕਿਰਪਾ ਕਰਹਿ ਤਾਂ ਹਰ ਗੁਣ ਗਾਵੈ हर रस अंतर पाई नानक दीन दयाल पए हैं तृष्णा शब्द बुझाई ग्रेट थैंक यू वेरी मच ओके नाउ लेट मी रीड द ट्रांसक्रिएशन व्हेन ऑल परवेसिव्स लव पेनिट्रेट्स द इनसाइड एंड द माइंड देन वन कैन नॉट लिव विदाउट the all pervasive as the fish perishes without water so does one die without nam my divine grace me with the water of all pervasive glory day and night i ask for nam within through nam serenity is attained reflect as the chatrik pleads for the raindrop for without the raindrop its thirst cannot be quenched become guru oriented to receive the water of bliss naturally then blossom through supreme love self oriented or hungry wander in 10 directions without nam experience the agony born dead then born again they are reprimanded in the dwelling place when graced then all pervasive virtues are sung all pervasive flavors are experienced within nanak when on the meek the compassion occurs then shabad quenches desires Chatrik is a pied crested cuckoo bird. Poets describe this bird as being unwilling to drink the water found on earth. It will only drink rainwater as it drops from the skies. Beautiful transcreation. So let's talk about this now, Harinder. Uh I think you and Inigar transcribed this. Uh let's go uh him by him. 
Sure. Let me actually start with, you know, this is uh, revealed to the fourth Guru, Guru Ramdas Sahib in the Rag Sorat. And Sorat has particular qualities, which I think uh, it will help us to perhaps get closer to the original uh, sort of freshness of the Shabbat as Guru Ramdas Sahib envisioned. So one of the things about Sorat is, that Sorat is generally considered in the North Indian classical music to be a rag which is of the colder season, so it's during winter. And generally, it is uh, performed in the last quarters of the night. And I, I mention this because uh, what is being described in the shower, it will help us to see the idea of longing in there. So generally, it belongs to, you know, the rags have to do with the times and the seasons and the moods, and obviously... Uh, how they are sung in terms of their octaves or what we call subducts. But the idea which I want to focus on is that Sorat is sort of a winter season rag. And what is happening in the Shabbat is there's an intense longing is being described. So you can imagine, because you already talked about the Chatrik word, and Chatrik word actually waits, this is again the whole South Asian context, the cultural context of this to enhance our understanding. Chatrik waits for monsoon rains. And you know, after the cold, there is spring, then there is summer, and then comes the monsoon. So basically, the rag is being sung right after the fall. After the monsoons, you know, there are three, four months now, there's intense, you're missing something really bad, and you know there's going to be a long wait until the monsoon season comes. And it is in that context I would like to talk about um, as I, as we understand this Shabbat to be. So the first paragraph, the first line rather I should say, it's talking about, uh, you will see this trend that the first and the second paragraph with the Rahala in between, they're using two metaphors or their the explanation is being given through two animals. So the first one talks about fish. And we know that, that the fish, ecosystem of the fish is water you know, upside, inside, all around, everywhere is water. And if the water fish comes out of, there is no life. And that's what's being described. This is equivalent of that water for uh, Guru Ramdas Pacha's Nam. So as fish is surrounded, all her travels are within that ecosystem. As soon as it comes out of the ecosystem, it dies. So similarly, we can say for a human being, as Guru Ramdas Pasha presents, when we come out of the ecosystem of Nam, we die, we perish. And then there's the Rahau line. And the Rahau line is saying, well, if this is, so water equals Nam, essentially. You know, the water has a life-giving qualities. Nam has life-giving qualities. So this is what Guru Ramdas Pasha asked the divine, his prab, that this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that ecosystem. Or what I like to say, Professor Puran Singh and other uh, uh, poets and scholars call that this is the culture of Nam, then that becomes our ecosystem. Then right after Rahau is a second line, a second stanza we'll call it, where Chatrik word is being invoked. Now, Chatrik, as I mentioned, as you already mentioned, that is some a bird which waits for the raindrop. A raindrop, a particular kind of a raindrop. In fact, it's not any rain. Certain, you know, um, I think I want to, maybe I can dwell a little bit more on this. The the rain it is waiting for is, you know, they say that 
again, let me put it in the sort of a context of South Asia. They say that in each raindrop, if it goes to a particular hunts or a swan, it becomes a pearl. So when, in this particular raindrop, which the Shabbat doesn't mention, but the larger legendary ideas of South Asia tell us, they call that swanth boond. So it's a boond. Boond means raindrop, a particular kind of swanth, which basically means when the when uh, Chatrik is waiting for the rains to come firstly, then the rain drops to come, and within that raindrop there is a particular drop which has the capacity to make uh, a pearl-like elements within their lives. Okay. With that, if we uh, look at this shovel a little bit more, what it's saying is, I want that raindrop. Because without that particular raindrop, I cannot be quenched. And this is what Guramdas Pacha is saying. I want that season. I want that capacity. I want that guru ecosystem so I can get that particular raindrop. Now, the third paragraph, as I understand it, is actually is about people who are not even looking for that swant boon, which, you know, the idea is there's a gurmukh, how do you become guru-oriented, and there's a manmukh, how do you remain self-oriented. So third paragraph talks about the self-oriented don't even know what to look for. So they're just busybodies. They're wandering in all directions. They come and go, and everything happens in this dwelling place. And this is Guru Ramdas Pacha writing. So dwelling place, classically religious believe that all these reprimands and other things happen, you know, in the life after somehow. But Guru Ramdas Pacha life tells us everything happened in this life too. Uh, and so do the other Guru's life. So what this is saying is people who are busybodies like you and me, like most of the population on this earth, we are not even looking for that potential which will bring pearl into our lives. And that pearl is the noun for us. We're looking for that potential, which is the raindrop, a particular raindrop which comes from the guru, and guru is our ecosystem. And the last paragraph then talks again about what happens. What happened to Guru Ram Das Pacha when he got this? He says, what happens is I started to experience amazing flavors in my life. I, who was considered nothing, I was graced, I caught this boon, I got this swant boon, and swant boon uh, became Shabad in my life, and that Shabad has created a Nam ecosystem, and that's how the Shabad ends. So the first two are describing the ecosystems of two animals to explain to us what they are looking for, what happens to them without it, and after that it says what happens to those who are not even looking, and then what happens to the one who captures it, uh, and that's what grace is. Gurbani says, according to this Shabbat, again, very clearly, grace is when you capture that swant boon, and the Guru provides that swant boon, Shabbat is that swant boon, and our ecosystem becomes the culture of Nam. Great, great. I mean, I think I want to talk about Nam a little more, because some people, when you say Nam, people have different meanings of it and they re they relate nam with different things in life i guess in this context or sikri's context so the way you understand it and this i know you've had an hour and a half of lecture on this but just for i guess in this shabbat context what what is nam like how do you how would you describe nam here well let's look at the first paragraph it says as the fish perishes without water 
so does one die without Nam. So in that sense, the ecosystem of the fish is water, and ecosystem of a human being is Nam. So Nam is our surrounding. Now, if we look into it more in detail within Guru Granth Sahib's context, it is so clear that Nam is essentially the culture with which Sikhs are being invited, rather the whole world is being invited to live in. So there are varieties of ecosystem in our life. You can call them beliefs, philosophies, uh, lifestyles, whatever you want to call them. And Nam is that culture which the ten gurus provided to this world. And uh, that's Nam. So everything is Nam. According to gurus, um, Nam is very active force which operates in this universe, it operates in us, and it has to be activated. And that activation is what the guru does, and that's the idea of force awakening within us. So Nam, now, you know, when, when we, I know we reduce sometimes this into particular classical mode of practicing Nam, sometimes saying, do we only say Nam physically, like saying Vahiguru, for example, or is it mentally, is it remembering in our memory or in our, Simran idea, uh, uh, literally speaking. But it's all of it. It is not this or that. It's the whole ecosystem, like water is for fish. Nam becomes our ecosystem if you want to live in a uh, guru-oriented lifestyle. No, great. I'm glad you touched on it because wherever you hear Nam, the first thing that comes are the way I grew up and then what I think of is pretty much Nam Simran, really but not this type of nam, which you just uh, described. So thanks for clarifying that. Um, so how would you, now you take this, and how would you, and this is a question I usually ask, how do you explain this to a person that is seven, eight years old? How do you explain a Shabbat like this? How, how, how do we even simplify this more to maybe, you know, my nephew at his level? Well, I think it it, it helps uh, uh, all of us. If I can borrow a matrix analogy, we don't we don't know how to decodify any code, so we need oracles, and that oracles are gurus. So all of us really need to understand this because we are all seven, eight year old nephews and nieces, or sons and daughters of the guru in that sense, uh, because we don't understand this the language of Guru Granth Sahib, which uh, which is. You know, in all fairness, it is from 12th century to uh, 17th century. And in this case, this is Guru Ramdas Sahib. So it's roughly about 400-year-old language. And sometimes, you know, in, in the linguistic world, they say the language changes every 25 miles and every 25 years. So it is hard in that sense. So whatever we can say to children is equally what we can say to anyone who is learning to be a Sikh. So it's not a biological age for us. It is really the mental understanding of this. So I, this is why I think, I think Guru Ram Das Pacha fully understands this. I want to give it in his context. Because he grew up as a child who did not have an opportunity to learn lots of things. What we now, you know, in your and my world, we call it the privileged classes learn certain things and have certain things. So here is Guru Ram Das Sahib, who is not from a privileged class, who is actually, and then how does he learn it? Well, the way he learns it, and he decodifies it and simplifies it because he's been graced with this swant bond or this bond of Shabad for the ecosystem of Nam. He says, let's learn it like a fish. He says, what do, you, how, what do you think will happen to fish without water? It's as simple as that. So the first one is about, you know, almost saying that we do not really live without Nam. 
we cannot live without now. Now, what needs to be explained is, of course, physically we are living. So explanation of the fish, because when you take the fish out of water, what do you see? You see her, what happens to her? She is uh, suffering, what we call it, right? You know that there is a pain happening. So this is what happens without Nam. Do we have pains in our lives? We see this. We have lots of pains in our lives. In fact, Guru Granth Sahib says um, that everyone we witness has a pain, which means what? Some of us are suffering physically. Some of us are suffering psychologically. So that's the first paragraph. Guru is essentially using fish as an example to explain what is happening to everyone in this world. And the second one, then we can get into, you know, chatrik. I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this, and then the third and fourth are self-explanatory. One of the other elements of chatriks is, chatrik is associated with separation, longing. It's the bird of the lovers. Now, to a child, how do you explain that? It's very simple. Chatrik is like when a child misses mom. You know, when they are in a situation which is foreign, when they're in a situation where they don't know where they belong, when they're in a situation when they're in extreme hurt, when they're in a situation where they're missing something, what's the first thing they remember? They want to go back home or they want to be their mom or with their dad or in some familiarity. Well, that's the chatrik. Chatrik represents that. A child, we know this from medical sciences, knows the smell of the mother. Well, chatrik knows that I need that swamp boon. So essentially, when you really miss something and you are in pain, you're wanting to be a chatrik bird. You know, for example, for the elders, and you might enjoy this, you know, chatrik also, that's why in Punjabi poet, even named his takhallas or his pen name, sort of like a pen name, when we say Taniram Chatrik, chatrik is his given name he gave to himself, identifying that he wants to be like chatrik. So chatrik associates itself with the, um, with the lovers and the separations idea, and kids understand that very well. It's a very, uh, after, according to Guru Granth Sahib, and we know this is a reality, after they are done with the mother's milk, the very second thing, in fact, from the case of mother, they know that from the time of birth, but in terms of the parental sense, the very second thing they remember is, or get to know is, or understand it, or connect with it is our parents. So this separation is what Chatrik is representing. And I think... Um, if I can build on a little bit more uh, Chatrik idea, um, when it says become guru-oriented to receive the water of bliss naturally, then blossom through supreme love, again, this connects the idea of Chatrik to love. What we are doing is we are not guru-oriented, which means if you re it's like saying if you want to be part of the culture of Nam, then you need to have a particular training, and the guru is the one who gives that training in that sense. So to a child, you can say, you know what, if you want to graduate from kindergarten, you got to go to a class and listen to your teacher. Uh, even, and that's what they do. They get trained. So the guru is like a teacher. But when the grown-ups are talking about guru, guru is like the perfection who teaches you everything in life. Wow, no, great. Great. Thanks for explaining that. Um, I appreciate it. It was a very um, thorough transcreation, and I'm glad you're here today to... Uh, uh, tell us uh, verbally. Um, so, uh, you know, appreciate your thoughts on this, Shabbat. Uh, is there any anything else that you want to add before uh, I ask you about something else? <laughs> um, 
I, you know, I'm a Professor Puran Singh fan, so I can't resist talking about how he presents Chatrik. He, in one of his poetry books, it's called Sisters of the Spinning Wheel. He has a poem called Chatrik. It's a, it's a little bit long poem, so I'm just going to share two lines from it. He starts the poem with this. Oh, Chatrik, lover of the cloud-clad skies, a thirst, a longing for the nectar drop. That's how he starts. You know how I was saying that Chatrik is considered to be a bird which is associated with the lovers? And that's the element of Guru Ram Das Padshah which is coming in. That if you are a lover, you await, and you know it's going to be a long season, and there is a winter weather right now, there's going to be spring, where you get a little bit of freshness in the season, which is what is starting. This is springtime right now in Punjab, the new sixth new year just started on 14th March, which is one chet. And then comes the harsh summer, and then comes the monsoon, and this is how he ends um, uh, the poem, where he says, uh, and then this is you know, he describes the month of rain, which are the monsoons, and then he goes, see how the drops dance in midair, rewarding thy hopes, thy longings, and thy love, and filling thy heart and soul with the whole infinite. They share one drop, one little, little drop of heaven. So this is his way of presenting in this feminine voice of Sisters of the Spinning Wheel, which means for all the Sikhs who want to come together to rejoice and become of the Guru, uh, let's become like the Chatrik who is waiting for this one swant moon. So uh, so that's from the little bit of the uh, uh, Professor Poonam Singh's angle. And then the, the coming back to the Shabad, this is at a much vast level and not just a finite experience of Professor Puran saying, uh, but at an infinite experience of Guru Ramdas. This is what he's telling us, that, you know, we look for all sorts of graces, we ask the divine for all sorts of things, but are you asking for the water of life? Mere prab kirpa, jal devo harnai. And which kind of water? Water is symbolism of life, it's referring to the swand moon, and he says, hao antar naam manga. We are all, you know, the world walks about peace. You can't have peace. You can't have sant because the ecosystems we have created in this hyper-active political worlds where the love-hate relationships are being invoked everywhere, one of the ways we can contribute um, from a sick perspective is by working on ourselves and especially those of us who are in some influential positions to remind ourselves that unless we live in the ecosystem of Nam, we have an ecosystem of Nam around us, we ourselves don't feel peaceful, we will not be an active agent of peace itself. Thank you, Ravinder. Appreciate those thoughts. I hope everyone picks up Putin Singh's book, Sisters of the Spinning Wheel. If you want to see the transcreation of this Shabbat, please log on to sukri.org and click on the Experience tab and you will see uh, the Shabbat. You can see a video, um, the Shabbat being sung in the in the rag and also our transcreation and the Grimati version. So appreciate that, Harinder. And so before I let you go, what's going on with Sukri? Uh, what are you up to? Well, there's lots of things that are happening with Sukri. You guys can check out their Facebook or Twitter or website at Sikri. Um, the, what I'm up to most recently is actually this coming Saturday, 
since we talk about poets, actually, that kind of nicely reconnects. Uh, I'll be doing a webinar I haven't done in a while, but this one I'm doing it on how the various Punjabi poets uh, salute Guru Gobind Singh Maharaj, Guru Gobind Singh Sahib, you know, as you know, this is the 350th year anniversary of Prakash Prabhu Guru Gobind Singh. So looking at Guru Gobind Singh Sahib from the eyes of poets of Punjab is what I'm doing this Saturday. If you're interested, go to the Sikri um, social media or website and uh, register a free webinar. Uh, but before I go, I do want to come back and do want to reconnect again. You know, in this the third paragraph of the Shabad, the word Darga was used. And Darga is the dwelling place, the court, the Darga. And the dwelling place for six is here. It's this world. It's the realities we are living in. This is the place where we're going to create or live or figure out how to live in the ecosystem of now. Darga is this place. This is the dwelling place of the divine. This is where gurus operated, and this is where they taught us to operate. Thank you, Manpreet. Thank you for sharing your insights with us, Arinder. Always a pleasure.